Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And welcome in, everybody. It's Friday. It is our final weekend long stream episode of the season. Of course, next Friday, we will discuss the weekend and then we pivot back into one final week that focuses very heavily on Roto silly season and what to do with the final six or seven days of the year. And then we roll right into off-season mode. Lessons learned, team reviews, all sorts of fun stuff. How do they do? I know a lot of you guys really enjoy that off-season sequence where we check out how Yahoo's preseason ranks compare to where guys finished and what we can learn from it going into draft day. Remember, we go year-round here on Fantasy NBA Today. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks so much again to all of you that continue to listen here uh, late in the season, I was looking at some of the numbers, and for the first time, basically, in the history of this podcast, we have more listens in the... I'm not even going to count April as the final month of the NBA season, because it only, fantasy-wise, only goes the first two weeks into it. So March, generally, the last month of the season. Last year, it was April, because everything got shifted back. This is the first time in the history of this podcast that we've ever had more listens per day on average in March than the previous month. Meaning, generally, shows go down, in, or fantasy shows at least. They sort of t- taper off as seasons end, people start stop paying attention, whatever. And we've gone up. So welcome. I know at least some of you guys are coming over from social. I love it. I'm so happy to have you guys here. Let's dive in. Quickly, to start this Friday weekend show, uh, we're going to review Thursday, because that's kind of still what we're doing heavily more, I mean, more so for the Roto side. Because as names pop up, we want to make sure that we drop them into our roster for whatever couple of games we can get out of them. And then we'll pivot into a long stream that'll get you set up for the beginning of next week. Toronto beat Cleveland, and of course, it's the same old story. Anytime the Raptors are missing one starter, Chris Boucher is a monster. It's worth pointing out, however, that OG Ananobi did make his return for this ballgame after a long layoff, and it was actually Precious Achua and Kem Birch that wore it. So that was actually something to kind of keep an eye on. What would it, Gary Trent is out, but what did that do... If, does OG just sort of take his spot and then everything stays the same? And the answer was no. Oddly enough, with OG in and Trent out, they opted for more scoring offensively and not as much sort of hustle rebounding. And I was surprised by that because the Cavs are a relatively large team, even without Jared Allen on the floor. You know, they went to a Mobley, Markinen, Love front court in this one, which, by the way, was probably too big. I had a little bit of trouble chasing down Toronto at times. The game was a very low-scoring one early, and then it kind of picked up pace partway on. Cavs, I would like to point out to you guys, have five games next week. So they're a really interesting team if you could sort of scoop one up early. Although easier said than done, because who the hell even matters on this team right now? Lamar Stevens, Isaac Okoro. In a five-game week, those guys are probably okay. But Roto-wise, nothing changed. For Toronto... I, we're, I'm going to assume that Boucher is going to get decent minutes here going forward as long as one starter is out. But I'll admit, I was surprised that Ananobi coming in and taking Trent's spot didn't impact him more. It might in the next one. 
Just remember that because they were down two starters for a while when Freddie Van Vliet and OG Ananobi were out. Now they're just down one with OG back and Trent out. But Boucher, sir, looks like a good roto stream for the time being. Head-to-head, I guess. I mean, you can ride it as long as it goes, but they go every other day. So there's no way to kind of pack the games in with Toronto. Memphis destroyed another team without John Morant. That's just what they do. Uh, This was the the back-to-back, so a bunch of their guys were resting. So everybody else that got to play got got to put up pretty big numbers. D'Anthony Melton, big game. Tyus Jones, pretty big game. John Conchar, big game. JJJ had 20 in 17 minutes. Nearly fouled out, actually. Desmond Bain, huge ball game. Steven Adams went big. You can throw a lot of it out, but not all of it. And we got word on Thursday afternoon that John Morant was going to miss two weeks. He's basically out for the rest of the regular season at this point. And they're just hoping that he can get back in there with maybe a game to tune up before the playoffs begin. That's rough, man. Memphis, I mean, John, he misses games here and there when you're that much of a high flyer. So for now, ride with Tyus Jones, ride with John Moran, or uh, uh, DeAnthony Melton, excuse me, and kind of see how far they take you. Better in Roto than in head-to-head. Memphis had this back-to-back. Then they go every other day starting Saturday through next Friday, and then they're off for three days. So their schedule isn't very good here coming up, which makes these fill-ins a little tougher on the head-to-head side. Although if you have one, you could just ride them through Friday. Because no one has more than three games the first five days of next week. Not even the Cavaliers can claim that. Uh, and they have a five-game week sitting in there. It's just that the last two days of it are, are part of it. Uh, and then you can move on from Memphis at the end. You could just plan to drop whatever Grizzlies you have on Saturday. And I'm assuming your league is either over already or ends at the end of next week. There are a couple teams that go back-to-back Saturday, Sunday at the end of next week. So not all is lost there. You don't have to move on. Milwaukee beat Washington without Giannis, without Chris Middleton. I mean, because Milwaukee's good and uh, and Washington isn't. Um, it's not, I mean, we don't really need to do a whole lot about this one on the Milwaukee side. It was nice to see Brooke Lopez play 28 minutes, though. He's good to go. I know he didn't have a great ball game here, but he's very much startable with 28 minutes a game. So if he's out there on a, on a waiver wire, you pick him up, this is time. If you've been stashing him, this is time to use it. Again, this is going to make more sense on the Roto side because he's, I'm assuming he's going to sit out Milwaukee back-to-backs. I guess I don't know for sure. Uh, but, you know, I doubt that anyone in head-to-head was riding him through this this two-and-a-half-week ramp-up. As far as Washington goes, the point guard stuff is a little bit weird. Ish Smith outplayed Arul Neto, so he got 28 minutes. Tomas Sadoransky has completely disappeared again. No Kyle Kuzma... Uh, so I took a shot in one league with Rui Hachimura, and he wasn't very good. If he made his two free throws, you could have argued, like, fine, this is a very low-end points league game, as it was. This is just kind of a bad game. I still like KCP. Obviously, Kristaps Porzingis is a go. Denny Avdio was also a popular stream, and he didn't play very well. I would probably gravitate towards Rui just because he's starting, and we don't really know what the deal is with Kuzma. He might not be back. New Orleans thumped the Bulls. No DeMar DeRozan, and so Chicago just didn't didn't really have a ton of poise in this ballgame. They got vastly, they got slaughtered on the inside, especially Jonas Valanciunas, who had 19 rebounds. Devontae Graham came out of nowhere. Big ball game, which I'm guessing some of you guys are streaming him because we've been talking all week about the Pelicans and the Wizards 
Thursday through Sunday. I streamed Jose Alvarado in my league because I wanted steals, and he got me three of them. New Orleans did exactly what we wanted them to do in this game. The streamers were there. Herb Jones got two defensive stats. Jackson Hayes tapered off a little bit. Although, I don't know that you can blame that on anything in particular. Probably just Devontae Graham going big. Hayes seems to be fine as long as Brandon Ingram remains out. On the Chicago side, without DeRozan, you figured someone would have to step up a little bit. Caruso was a tiny bit better. Kobe White was actually the guy who jumped up and then fouled out. And you could probably lean that way again if DeMar misses another game or if Levine has to sit one out. Just if you kind of need scoring, that's the direction they're going to go. It feels like Patrick Williams, Io DeSumo, Alex Caruso, and Javante Green are all kind of eating from the same non-star bucket, and it's not working out great for them. But the Bulls have games on Monday and Tuesday of next week, so if you have one on your team and you can survive the rest of this week with only one game from that Chicago slot, they're a really good team to start next week. You could make a move on Wednesday, Friday, or Sunday of next week with the Chicago Bulls. So that kind of makes a little bit of a tougher decision because they haven't been very good, um, but at the same time, their schedule is, is very good for, for head-to-head coming up. And Chris Paul made his return. He didn't come back on the front end of the back-to-back. He came back on the second half of it and had a Chris Paulian type of line. They were going to keep his minutes in check, so they tried to get him around 30 instead of presumably as he settles back in, he'll be you know more willing to play 32, 33, 34, whatever the game requires. Devin Booker did most of the work here. Uh, huge game for Booker. Chris Paul, I mean, it's hard to argue with Paul's return. Double-double, big assist performance. He's back, man. He's back. And Jay Crowder played almost starters minutes. I still think he sort of fades as CP3 sets back in because DeAndre Ayton wasn't hugely involved in this game. Uh, Bridges, he's a guy that had been going pretty hard without CP3. I do wonder if he takes a small step back. There's There's going to be a little bit of a void filled here, and then we'll see how all the pieces rearrange. If you have a son, uh, well, campaign is a drop with Chris Paul back, so let's get that one out of the way. Crowder, you can probably hang on to until Cam Johnson shows back up, at least on the Roto side. Head-to-head, Phoenix's schedule isn't good. They're off today and tomorrow. They play Sunday, and then they're off two more days. They have one game over the span of five days here coming up, but... Like, if Chris Paul is floating around on your wire, you obviously pick him up because a three-game week out of a top 25 guy, that's more than enough. The rest of these guys, it's hard, it's hard to make a case for the fringy players. The Jay Crowders, that's really the only fringy player. Sorry, he's the only one. Nikola Jokic was kind of in the midst of a bad ball game for a while and then turned it on a little bit late kind of covered things up bones highland another high usage game he's been he's been good lately i I, they've sort of turned him loose a bit and he's been hyper efficient much better from a head-to-head standpoint because if one of those games pops up where michael malone's just like nah you're not gonna get any minutes tonight it doesn't ruin you they have oklahoma city tomorrow a four-game week next week so it's a tough argument for the stream I think you could probably go Bones and Roto if you wanted to. I just think there's better options out there if you're looking for sort of a fill-in. And his schedule isn't good enough to to be that, even on the Roto side. I assume if you're behind in games played, you need guys that are in 
a really good spot, and you can kind of pick up and drop every day or so. And if you're not, Bones probably isn't better than the last guy you've been starting on your Roto team anyway, which is probably like your 11th man. So I don't, the, it, to me, it doesn't fully add up. doesn't really add up to a startable thing. But, you know, I, you can scout it out for your own team, and maybe it makes sense for you. I just, I don't see how the numbers really, like, the, between the schedule and the situation, I don't see the path for him being someone you'd spend a move on right now. Because their schedule's fine, but there's no, I think I've used the term before, chunking. Nothing is chunked together. Maybe I should call it clumping. I'm not sure that that's better. All right, so that's what happened on Thursday. I want to pivot into, again, our last official weekend long stream episode of Fantasy NBA Today because I am treating next week as though it's the final week that head-to-head should be happening. It should never go past the second-to-last week of the season. Since they added the play-in tournament, we don't have that weird 10-day final week. Now it actually does end on a, a Sunday. So the season is almost exactly some number of weeks in a row. Obviously, it starts on a Tuesday, so you're down one day. But you have a nice, a nice creamy end date. Which I think actually makes things a little bit easier in terms of like lopping off how many weeks. I have no problem with leagues ending at the end of this weekend. That's probably your safest play. You're already starting to see a lot of guys take rest days. It kind of started this week, maybe end of last week, but really this week you're starting to see a lot of veterans just peace out. But for this podcast, I'm going to pretend like your league goes one more week. And I think a lot of them do. I did a poll on Twitter, and it was like 40% of leagues started their playoffs a week and a half ago. So they still have another week and a half on top of it. I'm assuming most of them are three weeks long. Uh, And then... Like, actually, oddly, not that many started the previous week. Most people either chopped off like a month at the end of the season or a week. And very few head-to-head leagues went to the very end of the season. Thank goodness for that, because it's fugly. But let's let's look at this weekend, and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about how that rolls into next week, because you want to game yourself here for the best possible start to what I'm assuming is going to be your finals week. I already mentioned earlier in the podcast just a few minutes ago that the Chicago Bulls are the only team that plays Monday-Tuesday of finals week, which is pretty damn useful to some degree. The problem right now is that the Bulls' streamers have been very bad. And as of today, Friday, they have one more game tomorrow this week in Cleveland, and we don't know what DeMar DeRozan's status is going to be. We don't know how Zach Levine's body... We know he's dinged up a little bit now, but we don't know how it's bouncing back. So we have a lot of question marks that would kind of preclude us from picking up a Chicago Bull player tomorrow to prepare for Monday. And you guys know I loathe making roster moves on Monday of a week. I know last week we talked about doing a ton of them on Tuesday, but that was because of an overload situation. I hate using roster moves on Mondays. Absolutely hate it. First of all, there's first thing you should do when you're plotting ahead is look how many games there are in a given week. There's nine on Monday, five on Tuesday. Wednesday is 11. That's an overload day next week. Thursday's five. Friday is 10, so that's borderline. Sunday or Saturday's five, and then Sunday is a mondo day. Everybody and their mother is playing on Sunday. I believe that's a 12 or 13 game card. I don't actually know why. I just know that 
it is. April 3rd, which is probably the last day of your season, everybody's playing. There's only a couple of teams that aren't. Utah's not. Memphis isn't. Who the hell else we got going on here? Chicago, Charlotte, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. Those are the only teams that aren't playing on Sunday. So the next thing you do is you look at your own team and find out if, as you're currently constructed, are you in overload mode? Most websites are pretty good about just kind of letting you like set your lineup for the entire week and see what your roster right now would look like the following week. So I'll just kind of do it right along with you guys. Right now, I have all 10 slots filled on Monday. I have two guys going on Tuesday. I have everybody except for one player on my team going on Wednesday. I have four on Thursday, nine on Friday, a couple, five, I think, on Saturday, and then Sunday, pretty much everybody. Again, I think it's 13... It's a 14-slot league and 13 out of 14 going. So right now, I have overload on both Wednesday and Sunday of next week. This is critical because as you're looking at pickups for next week, you have to figure out planning ahead now this weekend. Uh, and I, I kind of have to backtrack a little bit more. On yesterday's podcast, I told you guys to pretty much use all of your moves. Maybe, maybe save one for Sunday because you had these Pelicans and Wizards brilliant streaming spots where you could go three games in four days to end the week and just overwhelm your opposition. But now looking ahead at your team, which I'm assuming is constructed at least partially of Pelicans and Wizards, those teams both play Wednesday and Sunday. The next thing you should do is notice... I would say, who your likely opponent is for next week. And you could even do it if if, you're a, if the other half of the bracket is really close, you can look at both. Like, it doesn't take that long. Uh, I'll look at the number one seed in the league I'm playing in, and I can see right now he currently has 11 guys slated to go on Monday, so he's overloaded on Monday. He has 12 guys set to go on Wednesday, so he's overloaded on Wednesday. He's not overloaded on Friday, and I can pretty much guarantee he's overloaded on Sunday in some capacity, although uh, apparently not by all that much, which leads me to believe he probably has a pretty decent schedule going on some of the quiet days. I don't know. Uh, and you could do that with both teams if you just kind of wanted to find out what was going on. Count them up. Feel free to count it up if you want, how many games are being played, when they're happening, all that good stuff. So this is going to give you an idea of, number one, what does your opponent have? What players, what are, their, what are their best players do? So basically what category are they good at? You can also check the team stats in the league to find out sort of what that means. Uh, like I'm looking right now, the team that I'm likely to play against is very good at scoring and rebounding and hitting three-pointers, just a, like a really good offensive team that could probably be defeated in steals, could probably be defeated in turnovers, things of that nature. Okay. The next thing you do is you start to figure out, starting now, what can I do to make sure that I don't have many? You're not going to be able to eliminate all of them because you already used a bunch of roster moves for this week and you probably only have one left. What can I do to eliminate my overload situation now before I get into next week? This is important because you can actually add games played for next week in a chunk by looking at what guys wouldn't make your roster. 
if you shuffled the deck around. So like for me, I'm going to look at Wednesday and I'm going to see who are my worst players on that day? Who would potentially come out of my lineup? And I'll tell you right now, Rui Hachimura would undoubtedly come out of my lineup that day. There's just no question in my mind. The second worst player would be Kevon Looney. That could also come out, although he's been playing relatively well. And that game, they have Phoenix, where he's probably going to need to do stuff against uh, DeAndre Ayton. And I think, trying to make sure I've got my my timeline right on this, when do the Warriors have that second back-to-back? That's Sunday, Monday. So that's actually maybe your better day for Kevon Looney. So you could actually look at Tuesday... Kind of like last week, because of the overloads, you could look at Tuesday as a day where if you can abandon ship on somebody playing on Wednesday, you might actually gain two games or more without losing one. Think of it this way, and I don't have the teams uh, gamed out perfectly yet, but like Brooklyn, for instance, has a three-game week next week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. They also go back-to-back to to finish off this weekend, which is kind of interesting. If you had, say, I think Washington has a four-game week. They go Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. Two of those days I just mentioned are overload days. So if you have a wizard for next week, right now, if it's one of these streamers we just picked up, like a Rui Hachimura, he's probably only playing Tuesday, Friday for your team. So you could exchange him for a Brooklyn Net And even though they only have a three-game week as opposed to the Wizards having four, you'd actually gain a game. Isn't that wild? I think that's totally nuts. Now, if if you scan through this stuff, I mean, the problem here, of course, is that Brooklyn doesn't play on Monday. So, and the Wizards don't either, for whatever that's worth. But if you have someone that is playing on Monday, you don't want to drop them right now over the weekend. Because then you're costing yourself you're you're dishing away a game to start the week but this is what makes chicago exceptionally interesting they go monday tuesday thursday saturday they go four games next week and they skip the overload days although monday is a maybe they skip the wednesday sunday the really big overload days so that's a case where you again let's use rui hachimura as an example of someone who's not good enough to make your overload roster on wednesday and sunday If you dropped him now for a Chicago Bull, and you probably would do it tomorrow because Washington plays tonight, you'd be swapping out one game for one game this week, but you'd be gaining two games next week. This becomes an an, an even more interesting calculation if you have someone that plays on Wednesday and Sunday of next week but doesn't have a particularly good schedule. For instance, the Pelicans, who we just talked about. If you picked up Devontae Graham, Jose Alvarado, Jackson Hayes, whatever, those guys go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday of next week. Yikes, right? That's a pretty big yikes. Meaning, a Pelican, who's not particularly good on your team, might actually be looking at a one-game week. Same story for Minnesota, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Phoenix goes Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. I think those are the only three teams, but there's a couple of them there that have that schedule. So if you have a streamer from one of those teams, boy, you're way up a creek. 
there are a lot of questions that are going into the week ahead. But what we can see about next week from right now, that wasn't really the case this week. We only had one overload day this week. This was a really good week for streaming. This one that's just finishing up now over the weekend. This was one of the best long stream weekends I could ever remember because there wasn't like Thursday through Sunday. Every day is basically eight, eight games. That's fantastic. That means there's always going to be some sort of weird schedule anomaly we can exploit to overwhelm our opposition. Next week is tougher because there are two traditional overload days and then the Monday is not that far away. So you want to try to get to those non-days. I mean, it's great to start with a full slate on Monday, so you, you want to make sure you don't, like, undercut it. Make sure you have 10 guys you can drop into your lineup on any given day. And if somebody sits out a game, it happens. You might be like, oh, well, I could have put this guy in anyway. Uh, but you can't plan that way. Like, this guy was going to miss the game one way or the other. So let's look at a couple of the teams here before we wrap up the podcast. Let's look at a couple of the teams that make sense rolling from this week into next week. Which, by the way, if you can get guys that play like Chicago, we are just talking about, Monday, Tuesday, that's a great way to start the week and then dodge the Wednesday overload. That's terrific. Chicago, unfortunately, doesn't have that great of a schedule to start to end this week. Slash kind of begin the next. The teams that jump out to me as intriguing on a shorter-term deal meaning you have them at the end of this week. This is a move you might make on Sunday, basically, because we made a ton of our moves on Thursday. You're basically not making any... Your, your last move, let's say you have one left. I don't know, maybe you have two. Use it on Sunday. Don't use it on Saturday. Enough teams play on Sunday of this week where you'll be able to find a streamer, and that's the day you're going to know which category you need to attack. So use it on Sunday. As I talk about this strategy we use, I'm going to talk about it like we're using a move here or two on Sunday. So if you get to Sunday, someone on your team, presumably that's not playing a game, can be dropped for someone that is. Short term, Boston, Charlotte, Golden State, New York. Those four teams go Sunday, Monday, which is useful. The problem attached to those four teams is that all of them, all four, go Sunday, Monday, Wednesday. So they all have a game on Overload Wednesday. Meaning, if you picked up a stream-level player on the Celtics, the Hornets, the Warriors, or the Knicks for Sunday-Monday, or perhaps you already had them because that's the tail end of the Warriors and Knicks 5-7 and seven stretch, you probably want to unload them on Tuesday of next week. And I don't think that's going to be that unusual. Like, if you're in a pretty good battle right now, this week in your league, and you can't just do whatever, like, maybe you could pick up a Chicago Bull tomorrow, Saturday, if you're just throttling your opponent, and you can use a roster move to not gain a game. Meaning, like, you have someone on your team that plays on Saturday, and you just exchange them for someone else that plays on Saturday? You know I can't stand doing that. If it's a runout fine. But I doubt many of your playoff weeks are so wide a gap that you can just be like, meh, I don't even need to gain one game with this roster move. That feels so arrogant, especially if 
Like, if everybody makes money that makes the finals in your head-to-head league, you better concentrate on actually making the freaking finals in your head-to-head league. You got to get there, secure some money, and then worry about the other stuff after that. So what I think is probably going to happen for a lot of teams that have been doing the long stream along with us is that you're going to use your last move on Sunday on a team that goes Sunday-Monday because that's the best way to do it. The reason I don't want you going Sunday and then something else later in the next week is that you sort of jam yourself into a corner. Like there are teams that go Sunday, like we just talked about Brooklyn, goes Saturday and Sunday. So you could pick up someone on the Nets, Patty Mills, Goran Dragic, whatever, Nick Claxton in a backup role if you need a couple rebounds. And then you're like, all right, fine. Well, I, you know, I have them on non-peak days next week. But it really doesn't max things out, and you're kind of stuck with them through next week. That might not be the guy you wanted to pick up on Tuesday of next week. So, again, let's say you have four moves, four weekly moves for next week, and you're using one on Sunday here. I don't know what you need on Sunday. Do you need rebounds? You can go Looney. You can go Mason Plumley. Do you need three-pointers? You could go Grant Williams on Boston. You could go uh, Julius Randle's out. You go Obi Toppin on the Knicks would give you a nice chunk of things. So there are a few options. Not the best of those four teams, but there's some stuff. Charlotte probably has a couple of options. Boston even has a couple options, too. Derek White's floating around. Uh, Peyton Pritchard's been playing well. Daniel Tice has done a couple of things. So it's not it's not a total loss. And the Warriors, you know, half their team is going to rest on one half of that back-to-back. Probably the, the Washington half, if I had to guess. Or maybe they beat down on the Wizards, make sure they get a win, and then go get spanked in Memphis. But that gives you some options. Damian Lee will play a little bit on Sunday and then a lot of it on Monday, things like that. So there are options there. Thing is... Those guys you're picking up for Sunday, Monday are not going to be good enough to make your overload roster on Wednesday. I would also point out that Boston also plays on overload Sunday. The Warriors also play on overload Sunday. The Knicks also play on overload Sunday. So those are teams, and Charlotte was the other one, but they actually only have a three-game week next time around. So these are teams where I think you make the move to them. This is one roster slot, okay? We all, we're only doing this with one guy, basically, with one move the rest of this weekend. And if you have two, I guess you could go two. But I feel pretty strongly that you abandon ship on that player on Tuesday. And there are a bunch of choices you could go with. Uh, if, you wanted, if you wanted dodge overload days, Detroit sort of does it. They go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday next week. So they are on the Sunday overload. But Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, you'd kind of get three games out of them there. Brooklyn has the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday one. We talked about there isn't a Sunday. I like the idea of just having the, the game at the tail end of it. Like, what if you ended up needing that guy? What if that guy you picked up on Detroit was a rebounding specialist So you don't need to completely ruin your Sunday. If you have a couple extra overload guys on Sunday, it's not the worst thing in the world because you might need what stats they're providing. Basically, what I'm telling you guys is you can use your moves earlier next week because everyone plays on Sunday. So there's not really a reason to save moves until Sunday next week. 
It's weird. I know. The Cavaliers, uh, the Warriors, the Heat, the Knicks again, and the Sixers go Saturday, Sunday of next week. But again, it doesn't really matter because almost everybody goes on Sunday. So what you're trying to do is maximize your games on Friday, or excuse me, on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wednesday's just going to happen regardless, and Sunday's just going to happen regardless. This is a really complicated streaming week. I think is probably what you guys are feeling right now. Dan, what the hell are you talking about? Get to the damn point. The point is, because everybody plays on Sunday, you don't need to save moves to the end of the week. You can use your moves up on Tuesday to get a bunch of guys, hopefully, that play Tuesday, Thursday. And you can use more moves on Friday if you want. Moves on Tuesday, moves on Thursday, moves on Friday. Those are the ways you're going to max out next week. Because Saturday, Sunday, fine. Like, you could do something on Saturday if you wanted to. Uh, But the way you maximize your games is by figuring out who's on your overload days, Wednesday and Sunday, that won't be good enough to play in them, and switching it out for guys that play on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we'll worry about getting guys that play on Monday this week. If we can. (laughs) We should have a few. Uh, The part that makes this a little bit hard is that, you know, Washington... New Orleans, these teams that we've been trying to overload on this week, try to overwhelm our opponents, they play Sunday, but then they don't play on Monday. Washington at least plays on Tuesday. Uh, New Orleans doesn't go until Wednesday. So New Orleans actually is a team you probably get off of on Monday next week. Nuts, right? Absolutely nuts. I know I say never to do anything on a Monday, but there are those few teams I mentioned, New Orleans streamers, Minnesota streamers, Phoenix streamers, that don't go until Wednesday, that you're looking at Wednesday, Sunday, and the overload, those teams are basically playing like a one-game week for streamer-level guys. We're going to talk a lot about this on shows next week because it is a hyper-complicated one, but that's what I want you looking out for. Those teams I just mentioned, you can use a move on Monday next week to get off of them. Teams where there are streamers where you don't really like their schedule after Monday, get off of them on Tuesday. And if you end up having to use two or even three of your four weekly moves by Tuesday, that's actually not that crazy. You kind of have to pray you don't run into a ton of injuries after that. But honestly, you know, by, by the time Thursday rolls around, if you have an injury, it's kind of late enough in the week where it's not that different than you swapping someone out that had overload games. Like you might have an injury to a guy who was on an overload day anyway. It might be inconsequential. You could just sub someone in in two of their three remaining games. An injury on Wednesday or Thursday might only cost you one game. Now, if it's an injury to a key player, it costs you one big game, and then you have to sub in someone who's not as good on the overload day. And you guys, I'm sure, are following the math on that. I don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But the point is, injuries aren't as big of an issue when you have overload days. Use moves earlier next week than at any point we've advocated during these four streaming weeks we've talked about. That is finals week. That's the strategy for finals week. Set yourself up with some games on Monday. Hopefully you don't have to use more than one move on Monday. We'll use at least one on Tuesday. If you use one on Monday, we'll probably use one more on Tuesday. And then probably, I think you use the other two on Thursday. 
or one on Thursday and one on Friday if you really want. But I think I would lean towards using them both on, on Thursday because I don't think anybody, double-check myself, yeah, I don't think anybody in the NBA goes Friday, Saturday next week. Detroit goes Thursday, Friday. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, they all go Thursday, Friday. I mean, that's where you can peel off some games or teams that go Thursday, Saturday. Atlanta goes Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Brooklyn, Thursday, Saturday. Chicago, Thursday, Saturday. Cleveland, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Cleveland plays the whole damn week, so they're a great team to pick up on Monday if you want. Problem is, again, they do have games on Wednesday and Sunday. So is it really a five-game week if you're getting someone that you wouldn't have started? A little bit of a mirage. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Those are your days to make moves next week. This weekend, Sunday. All right, good luck, everybody. Hope we go, hope we can see you through to the next week here, get you through to the finals. Please keep listening, even if your season's over, because uh, we roll again straight through the whole offseason. I am Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today. Hey, please drop a five-star review on the podcast. I'm going to beg you guys of that every single day, and if you've already done it, again, find someone's phone who hasn't. I will love you forever. You can even tell me about it, and I'll blow you a kiss on Twitter, at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, sportsethos.com and Ethos Fantasy BK is the Twitter handle for the fantasy news feed. Have a great weekend. Reverse chronological lightning round and continuing streaming fun coming up on the other side on Monday. Talk to you then.